March 4th, 2022. A new movie comes out in the theaters that I want to see, but I can't. I have obligations. Family obligations. But then, a week later, my wife lets me go see it by myself. And we have to change the entire episode of the podcast that we're going to do today because we're not going to talk about video games. We're going to talk about the Batman in a spoiler cast. everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show the more you nerd my name is drew and yes i'm here to tell you we had a whole big plan for the episode tonight uh but then i got to see the batman and y'all know me i have to talk about batman when i see batman uh so this is going to be a surprise spoiler cast for the show uh that i am uh, super super excited about but i cannot do it alone i have to get my partner in crime, my uh, my young ward, my uh, sidekick, uh, but I feel like sidekick might be a little bit of a demeaning term. Uh, Miles, how are you, buddy? I am fantastic. <laughs> I am uh, partially because uh, what we were going to do. Are we still doing that next week? Yes. OK, but never mind. Um, I had been plaguing me for the better part of a week, and I was I was actually on the precipice of coming up with something. And I had I had, you know, flown the idea past through. I was like, hey, if you do get a chance to see the Batman, we could do a spoiler cast because, I mean, if you know anything about the two of us, and we, we are of our friends that have hosted the show, the two Batman guys. I'm wearing a, the Batman T-shirt right now. <laughs> I mean, I. It's weird because I feel like, you know, a lot of people are always, you know, oh, are they doing another Batman? You know, we just had, you know, and it's just like, I will never, ever, ever get sick of Batman media. Yeah. Even the bad have, stuff we watch. <laughs> yeah. Even the bad stuff. I mean, I'm surrounded by a Batman paraphernalia in this room. I mean, to the, to the right of me is a very nice, uh, <laughs> Drew's like fake looking uh, a very nice replica of the TAS <laughs> Batmobile I'm, I'm Drew is holding up a 60s Batmobile a, a 60s Lego Batmobile which is one of the best uh, Lego sets that I own it's so it's awesome a, it's a gorgeous set and it was only available um, at Lego store so I had to go and find it um, yeah I have I have several Batman black and white statues surrounding me I have Batman symbols tattooed on permanently on my skin uh, Batman I, I, I can safely say Batman is a character that I have loved my entire life. A, a few years ago, we almost started a Batman centric podcast and we might still one day. Did we, we ever release that episode? I don't think we did. And I'm not sure I still have it. But uh, I, we, I think we had the art somewhere. Was it late night with the Kate Crusader? Was that yeah, it was Rebecca, called? Rebecca, Rebecca made the art. So I've got the art. Mm-hmm. I see the art all the time because it's in the same folder that I keep all the Cosmic Crit and, uh, and uh, the Morian Nerd art. But uh, anyway, so we are going to talk about The Batman uh, mm-hmm. starring uh, uh, the Robert Pattinson and the Zoe Kravitz. 
uh, as as the two of the main characters of this film. Uh, but before we get into the spoilers, uh, let's talk a little bit non-spoilery takes. Because uh, again, yeah. this is a new movie, and I understand oddly today is also the ep- the day that uh, Spider Man uh, No Way Home came out on uh, on digital. Digital, so th- yeah. So. Uh, there's people that are finally getting a chance to see it that haven't gotten a chance to because again we're still in in pandemic land um so yes non-spoiler takes on i'm pretty i'm pretty stoked on that because you know there are people in our discord who have remained spoiler free and i believe the batman you have even less time i think i think april 15th is when it hits hpmx it's not it's it's a pretty pretty short amount of short window so I, I think the burning question, I think, on anyone's mind in terms of non-spoiler stuff is, how is it? Isn't it any good? And and to that end, because I don't think we have to keep this a surprise, for me, it's a resounding yes. Absolutely. I am absolutely guano about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like What's interesting to me is I feel like going into this movie, I had no idea what it was about. I knew some of and, the char- I knew some of the characters. I yeah, knew like we knew the characters, but I had no idea what the plot was. Like and, and Batman movies, they've they've always been hit or miss of whether or not they actually deliver that. I feel like the Nolan trilogy did a fairly competent job of letting you know what kind of movie you were getting into. Yeah. But here, like we saw sequences, we knew the characters that were in this movie, but I honestly couldn't tell you what the movie was actually supposed to be about. I mean, I knew that the Riddler is involved and I knew that the Penguin was involved and that Catwoman was involved. Yeah, had no idea the context of any of it. And this movie is probably the closest that we have gotten to that truly street level detective Batman that I have wanted to see on screen my entire life this is absolutely the closest to any comic interpretation of batman uh that i have seen it is uh it, it this this movie is and, and again i just saw it the other day i'm very new to it and i'm sure as i like has happened in movies in the past i'm sure that as i think about the movie and and reflect on it and see it a second time and all of that that i might have issue i might take issue with some of it but right now having just seen it a few days ago i love this movie this movie ticks off so many boxes for me i am well into it uh yes this movie is 3 hours long no, I did not feel that three hours. I thought it went by pretty quickly. They cram yeah. a lot into this movie. Um, there is one point that I thought, mm, that's still going, but then they brought it right back to me. So <laughs> we'll talk about I that. I mean, the thing is, when, when you section. run that long, no matter how entertaining a movie is, you're going to look at your watch at some point because that, that bladder, it starts to rumble. And yeah. uh, uh, that, that, that is something I definitely made sure, like I peed before I left the house. I did not drink anything for an hour before I left the house. I sat, I got, I got to the theater 10 minutes early. I sat down five minutes left. I went and peed again just to make sure <laughs> I'm done. I did not get a drink to, to, I, to I, I say that I, I would no, I had a drink. I had a popcorn. Like I was, I was gulping down that entire, that entire movie, but whatever. I mean, I stayed glued. I, 
I, I just, for me, what this film was able to do, and honestly, to, that, that it had the ambition to do, the fact that it's almost, this is going to be taken the wrong way. Not that anyone listens to the show and makes buzzwords out of it, but it, it feels very, I don't want to call it an anti-superhero film because that's, that's, that's not correct, but it is certainly an atypical superhero film in the current state of the genre right now. It is not a uh, brisk action set piece after set piece after set piece. This is a very slow, methodical, um, meditative film. And that doesn't make it any better or worse than other, other comic movies. I'm not saying that to like, oh, this is why this movie should be taken seriously. It's just a, it's a very different flavor from any of the, the top tier name superhero movies that we have gotten so far. Yeah. And, and, and not to say that there isn't any action or anything like that. Oh, no, there no, no. There's, definitely there's is. plenty of action. It is like if you thought that Batman Begins and The Dark Knight were street level stories, uh, this one's got something for you. <laughs> so let's get into it, gang. We're we're not even 10 minutes into this episode yet, and we're just itching to talk about the spoilers. So here we go. We are going to uh, sound the spoilers nirvana riff here we go something in the something in the everything about this right now i hate everything about this this is longer than the batman (laughs) (laughs) um honestly super stoked um on the choice of song very cool rendition of the classic nirvana track but the score in general was just excellent. I love that there was no attempt necessarily to remake the iconic Batman theme, but in not doing that, in trying to like incorporate this one movement that kind of haunted the entire film, they did something eerily similar in terms of its iconic adi- uh, iconic nature, but in that, a very like, different fashion. That that like. Dun, 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 dun. like that was such a an iconic part of the 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 soundtrack to the movie and it it per, per like and the take they had on it was so good it's like oh mm-hmm. i like this i like this for my emo uh, batman <laughs> yeah um the, i i was telling uh a lot of people i think drew included that my biggest criticism of the movie and i i say this with everything I'm, I'm making a joke i am not i mean this with every sincere bone in my body is my biggest criticism of the movie is as the movie fades to black, we don't get the opening piano keys to welcome to the black parade by Mad chemical romance. Like that <laughs> would have made this movie perfection. And I'm not kidding. Like that Bruce Wayne absolutely listened to my cap after his parents died. Absolutely rocked out of three cheers of sweet revenge. And I, so the choices this movie makes is interesting because the last, I would say, 20 years of Batman printed media has gone out of their way to make Batman to be this kind of flawless character in, in his own mind, this kind of perfected, can't be beaten, da, da, da. And seeing him not only as someone who is not fully fleshed out, not fully correct in what he's doing, but also not fully competent in his skills yet. This is year two Batman. And I love this shows, hey, it takes more than a year to perfect being the bat. 
from and, and, the way your suit works to the way you interact with other human beings. And I think it's a, such an interesting case study on Bruce Wayne. And that that is something that pervades this entire movie. And I think it's something that works really, really well. It, they 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 don't say this in the trailers, but they talked about it in the, in the lead up that this is going to be Batman year two, Batman year two. Everybody like a lot of people and I'm not going to say everybody, but many, many people have read the Batman year one comic, you know, with the the bat flying through the window and the uh, will become something more and all that stuff. But, and you know, you, we have, you have eaten well, you've dined well. Uh, the only good scene that I think was ever written. Yeah. But, uh, but this, this shows a Batman who is more confident, um, a Batman who is not referring to himself as Batman yet, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, people refer to him as Batman or the bat. Which is always the most fun way to. Yeah, but to whenever hear. whenever he is asked who he is, he says, I'm vengeance, which is pretty cool. Pretty and the way cool. he delivers that line is excellent. And I love that at one point, Selena Kyle just calls him vengeance. Yeah, um, a couple of people call him vengeance. It's very funny. But, uh, but well, and I think this movie does a great job of honestly looking into not just what makes Batman tick, but how Batman evolves, because he realizes that he can't just be vengeance and he can see how poisonous just being vengeance is. This movie does a great job of not. The movie is Batman's film, but the movie does not fully endorse everything that Batman does. And I think that's extremely fascinating as a new take on the character. Yeah. And where Bruce starts out and where Bruce ends is so cool. And, and sometimes it's little things like in one of the first scenes when when uh, Jim Gordon is bringing this vigilante in on this crime scene when the mur the mayor has been murdered and uh, nobody likes him. And there's like, why are you bringing this guy in here, Gordon? Blah, 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 blah. And then uh, Batman just looks down and says, oh, the, like the, the finger was cut off while it was still, while he was still alive because of the, the, you know, the, the way that the, yeah. the blood had, had clotted. And that was, and that's such like that's like an iconic detective Batman like this. By the way, time out for just a second. This movie is the most detective Batman movie that has been made so far. That Ever. is awesome because that is the piece that everybody forgets about Batman is that he is a great detective. Except in this movie, he's not the best detective. He's still learning. Well, like he, but he, he yeah, he's still learning. He's still learning. But the fact that he has to be a detective this this movie, a lot of. A lot of comparisons have been made um, between the Batman and two two films of David Fincher, Zodiac and Seven. And this is a hundred percent. If you take elements of both those films, add in a masked vigilante. I mean, the Riddler even says this is the Riddler speaking. A take off of what the Zodiac began one of his letters. This is the Zodiac speaking. I mean, the the, the whole like that people didn't see. Like, like not just combinations or not just comparisons with with the Riddler or uh, and the Zodiac Killer, but also Son of Sam and a number of different series. Oh, yeah. With with this stuff, the taunting of great. the police publicly. And that's another thing is the Riddler isn't this main villain necessarily like he is moving the plot along. Like he's the puppet master of this entire saga, but he's he's a character that kind of kind of wafts over the film. He's he's the cloud over the skies, but like he's 
only part of this story. Well, and I mean, that's what's so cool. He's not constantly taunting Batman. I mean, but he is he is a huge part of the story and he's not he is he's not constantly taunting Batman because he believes that he is doing the same thing that Batman is doing mm-hmm. and bringing which justice I to love, the city. I love which is, that moment. Like I don't love like I, I don't love Riddler as a serial killer as a concept. I like how they executed it here. Like I prefer my more, you know, I like my green yeah. suit with with question marks on it. You Riddler. know, it's, it's so fun. I'm, I'm glad you said that, Drew, because. That was my big criticism of a show that I very much loved, Gotham, where they did the same thing, where they made the Riddler kind of Joker-like in that he was kind of crazy. He became a serial killer. And I don't like that. I mean, I loved Paul Dino in this movie. I love the Riddler in this movie. It's not a choice that I would have made. But it is a choice that works, and it works really well, because this is a Riddler who has created a persona based on existing an isolated lifestyle and reaching out to people that also live similar lifestyles on the internet (laughs) like oh yeah they definitely draw comparisons to him and like fridge militiamen and i and incels all that all, all of that great i love how they did this it works but at the same time because he is the character that he is he is lead he is laying these breadcrumbs and building this path that he wants Batman to follow. And that's the thing that I like about this. It's not that he's like trying to do a crime. It is that he is trying to reach out to the one person that he believes is like him. And, and it will be on his side in a way that only that person can be. And that's, I I love that concept. And, and, and when you find Batman, like, just messing up that case a couple of times like a rat with wings is not a stool pigeon bruce it's not a stool pigeon <laughs> <laughs> i i i loved it. but again you know i they, he needed to miss something completely obvious because he was like kind of just popping off the answers to these riddles no problem there needed to be something to kind of you know take that wind out of his sails a little bit and he had to make a rookie mistake and that's the thing where where that's again something i like about it the the mistakes he doesn't make are the actual like csi stuff he knows Mm -hmm. what blood clotting looks like he knows what you know he knows how to case a regular crime scene he does not know how to case a a serial killer super crime villain. scene yet a super yeah. villain if you will and that's something that that he's he's definitely learned a lesson with um let us talk yeah. a little bit about zoe kravitz as selena kyle the Catwoman. phenomenal just owned it just owned yeah, it I, they they made her very similar to uh frank miller's batman year one which is a a background of Catwoman i've never loved loved but zoe kravitz pulled it off Phenomenally, the background they gave her, I think, gave her a little more pathos than the the comic book origins that they were using. And she is just powerful in this role. I mean, the confidence that the, 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 the that Kravitz exudes comes through in the character. But this is someone who consistently says, I don't need you, even even if in situations where she might, because she's being led by her emotions, she is a perfectly capable um She's not she's not a thief. She's like she's just. She's not a vigilante either. 
She's she's a perfectly capable individual doing things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the one the one criticism I guess I could give is we don't exactly know what her status is at the beginning of the movie. Like she works at a nightclub. She seems to be dealing drugs, but she's also got a whole cat burglar aesthetic. But we don't exactly know why. But I don't know that I care about yeah, the why because she's not. She's great. And, and, and the thing I like about this is that they like. We haven't really talked about Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne Batman, but I loved seeing this very aware of herself, very aware of the effect she has on people, person. Interacting with with Pattinson, which is what I'm going to call him. Uh, he has owned that title, who is very much aware of himself in one particular aspect, but is not prepared to deal one on one with someone like Selena Kyle and how she repeatedly takes him off guard. And they are not. Like they 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 share a bond very early. But it's but you don't exactly know what that bond is. And he continually does and says things that that, you know, kind of kind of break that bond down. And uh, there's one scene in particular that I just loved where she is talking about her her friend who has been kidnapped and we learned killed by by uh, a different set of bad guys in this movie. And (laughs) uh, and and. Batman basically says something along the lines of, well, she uh, she associated with, you know, the the wrong crowd. So so she got what she deserved. Is that what you're trying to say, Batman? Is that what you're trying to say? Vengeance. And well, and, and, that's and, and, the, and the phrase that I don't know who you are under that mask, but I know you grew up rich, which is just such a great biting commentary that is so good. Well, it, it's good because they they both display and kind of. Dis- dismiss the the cynical reading of Batman. And I really appreciated that because the movie itself agrees with Selena and shows you this scene because, again, Bruce has not developed into the person that he needs. He's not become the Batman yet. Right. Not really. He's put on a costume, but he has not become the Bat in full. Well, and he's, and- he's vengeance at this point. That's what he introduces himself as. And that's what I like is I I like seeing a vulnerable Bruce. I like seeing a Bruce with some pathos. My only real complaint in terms of the scripting of this movie is I wanted more scenes with Bruce, like having to deal with life because we see him interacting with Alfred and we see him in a couple of scenes. And I do like that. This this is clearly still young Bruce who does not know how to handle himself. He does not, not. He does not know how to conduct himself in public. He has isolated himself to where he's not he's not the suave playboy. And I love that. This is a broken man. He has not determined that he needs to do that sort of thing yet. And that's not even a broken man. Actually, there's a a line I'm going to steal from Jack White and the raconteurs. He's a broken boy soldier. (laughs) And I really, really liked seeing this depiction again, because it flies in the face of a lot of the Batman that we've gotten the last 20 years. and. There, I want to I want to step back a little bit to the scene you were talking about in, in kind of the opening of the film, not the opening, opening, the opening's the murder, which I love because this it 
you can tell that a huge source material, one that Pattinson talked about a lot when he was researching his what he wanted to do with the role, the Long Halloween. Yes. Very much based off the Long Halloween. Long Halloween is one of the best Batman comic runs of all time. Uh, and now. Yeah. This is not a year long story, though. It's like no. a three weeks long story. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the the long November. <laughs> it's actually not even long November. It's just yeah, because it's it's it is a long Halloween. Well, <laughs> it's, 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 it's 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 it go it runs from Halloween to Election Day, which is only yeah. a couple of days. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I love seeing this. Oh, oh, to step back to the opening, I love seeing this kind of early Batman the animated series. Gordon's the one that trusts Batman. No one else does. Bullock, uh, or not Bullock, but there is a Bullock-like character yeah. that the the attitude that, that the Gotham City Police Department has against the Batman right now is very similar to how several cops in Batman the animated series treated him, and I. I love this. I love this early style. I think um, also we got to talk about Gordon. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know I've like interrupted myself five times but because there's so much of this movie. Yeah, but this, like, is, this is going to be a very stream of consciousness episode because this is a three hour long movie and we're not going to get we're not going to get nearly the the breakdown uh, moment by moment. But yeah, we're not going to do that. But uh, yeah, let's talk about Jeffrey Wright as as James Gordon, uh, the watcher himself. I think this Gordon is the kind of Gordon that Gary Oldman was supposed to play. Yeah. That wasn't written for him. I love Gary Oldman's portrayal as 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 Gordon. I I love those movies, but to me this that with the just the younger Gordon who's not commissioner yet you know, putting his trust in this other person who he believes is a like-minded person in the, and the, the person he can trust because he knows the Gotham police department is corrupt, but he can't prove it. Yeah. I, I believe I, in them. I, I believe it. Like, do you trust any of them? I only trust you. <laughs> like yeah. that is a line that happens in this movie. It's like, of course it's Gordon and Batman. They're buddies. And I love, I, I wanted more of the little buddy film that happened. Cause there's a lot of stuff that, that, Contrary to, again, the last 20 years of where Batman just off does stuff by himself, he kills Gordon in a, a lot. There's a lot of Batman and Gordon scenes. Yeah. And oh, man, I it tickled me to death. Like when they're when they're doing stuff together and it's just this is this is fun. I want more Batman and Gordon. And not not only that, but at this point, the bat signal is not on top of the Gotham police station. It's no, on top it's of not. some like parking deck or something, <laughs> developing like developed, undeveloped building. Just like <laughs> but Gordon's got to drive out to turn the turn the light on. <laughs> and they do such a good job of showing Batman's creeping at, um, effect on the criminal underlife of Gotham, because the very beginning of the movie, they show that like and. and also, this is the first movie we have, like this opening narration from Batman's perspective, from his war journal, from his diary. Yeah. So I'm sorry. We need to talk about this because this is something that has this been in any Batman movies before? No. The closest thing I can get is Alfred's monologue in The Dark Knight at the end of the film. That's the closest thing you get. 
Yeah. So this this movie has several moments that are Batman's inner monologue like writing down in his journal about what is happening and it's 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 like like you could compare it negatively by like uh rorschach and watchmen but it's also just like it's how comic book stories are told you see the boxes that have the internal monologue of batman on the page why have they never done this in a batman movie before it works and in the the back in the batman comics by matt wagner who did uh, the Dark Knight or the Dark Moon Rising uh, two miniseries that take place during year one? All the inner eternal monologue were pieces of a journal that he was keeping. So I love this, but he talks about the bat symbol, and they sh- they shoot a couple of different scenes of the criminal element out in the city, and then seeing the signal up in the up in the sky and start looking around. You see this sh- like just they look into like an abyss and like every single time you're expecting Batman to come out and it's, it's, it's horror movie direction. And Matt Reeves has a horror background. <laughs> so, but adding that element to Batman works so well. Like, I love that this isn't a strict superhero film because they can do that. You can't do that if he's palling on the justice league, but for him to be that urban legend, that bad guys fear. Oh, and, and and you know it's so funny that you mentioned that because what is the one group that still causes trouble when that happens? Kids. The group that's on the subway that can't see the sky in that moment. <laughs> that's true. Also, kids wearing makeup. Also, kids wearing makeup, and I'm I'm really glad that uh, uh, Bruce. I'm did. glad they weren't part of anyone's gang. I was I was like, if there's like some sort of Joker gang, I'm gonna be so pissed. I'm just glad that Bruce didn't beat up Tim Drake. So. Uh. <laughs> I, I i joke one of the gang members in that gang is played by uh jay lysergo or lycurgo i'm not sure how to pronounce his name who portrays tim drake in season yeah. three of titans <laughs> it's so weird because i i saw him like is that did they really oh okay this is a, certainly a choice dude's gotta get work man what are you gonna I mean, do? <laughs> as we as we remembered Catwoman herself is Catwoman from Lego Batman. Yeah. Zoe Zoe Kravitz Meow Meow played Meow Meow Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie Meow Meow, <laughs> which is hilarious. So I, I, I honestly I love that that DC no longer like has finally learned that oh no one cares if we get if we hire the right people to do a movie people are gonna go see it they're not gonna be quote unquote confused. Yeah, in in the next year. Uh, Michael Keaton's gonna be back in the bat suit again. It doesn't matter, baby. Well, you <laughs> you, you know they probably caught wind of what was going in certain Marvel movies, and you're like, you know what? We can do this. Throw it, throw it all in, man. They, they saw they saw Spider Verse, and they're like, all right. If, if if this is what the kids want, we'll give them what they want. Look, we got but, we got Superman on a TV show on the CW now. Everything is up for grabs. But I so to talk about Batman a little bit. I love his opening bit. I like this overconfident young man who knows he 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 exudes some fear, but doesn't he doesn't quite fully give in to the theatricality. So he just kind of slowly walks out like RoboCop. Like they do the, the kind of the, the footsteps like RoboCop in the first film. Yeah, he's not he's, the he's, sneakiest Batman in, in some of these. No, scenes. well, because his thing is kind of like I want them to see me. And. I love the street fights that he has. So I want to time out right there because you said he, he wants them to see him 
And I thought uh, like when he, when I first heard those footsteps, it's like, oh yeah, this is intentional, especially because they don't use the suddenly Batman's just disappeared from the moment, except for two times in the entire yeah. movie. <laughs> and, so you we know, it. we know he can do that disappearing act. He chooses but, not but to. He chooses not to when he's going to beat down these thugs on the, that are going to beat up this, this dude on the train. I, the, the fights I, in this movie are brutal. So yeah, good. I mean, it's a it's a, it's a it's a street fighting vigilante. And I mean, he, he plays in punch like imagining if wrestling was real and the, the, the stuff they lay on each other like was full contact. He fights like that. He, he doesn't fight for finesse. He fights to take out. And I also love that as good as he is and as overconfident as he is, because he allows himself to get hit a lot. Like people go up behind him and like, you know, pop him in the back and stuff constantly. And he just turns around more pissed off and goes at these guys. This dude also gets shot a lot. It is yeah. maybe the least realistic thing about the movie. But I also it, it, don't it hate would it. Be, <laughs> it. It would be if they hadn't like shown so many shots of like his armor being clearly some kind of. Uh, insulated metal that like I can kind of I can kind of be okay with it. Yeah. But I also I mean, just think he looks awesome, so I don't care. Yeah. There, there like, are... the, the shot of him being shot in the machine gun in the hallway as lights are out and you see him get closer and closer and just take out the guy with the machine like, gun is, it, is great. It reminded me a lot of one of the, the of the hallway fight in season one of Daredevil on Netflix. Mm -hmm. But yeah. because there's so much gunfire and and that and it's like a strobe light of gunfire that lights that entire scene. It's just so cool. It's so cool. Um, oh, man, where to go next? I feel like at this point we need to talk about the other. One of the other uh, big bads of, of, the, oh, of man. the rogues Let's. gallery of Batman. I'm I'm going to say it best penguin ever yeah honestly if you did not tell me that that was colin farrell playing the penguin i would not have known it was no, a complete transformation but the makeup the accent the 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 way that he carries himself I, I, it, it was it was amazing to see it on screen because well, that is that's the penguin so cool? he was the gangster penguin he was not like the monster weird eating a fish danny devito penguin he was not like the the weird british accented penguin of of the hey, the hey, hey leave games. burgess meredith alone of the burgess meredith. oh oh okay uh burgess meredith didn't didn't have a british accent no i i i, I, th I thought you were gonna talk about the the weird because he the, the, always at the <laughs> like i like i i will never i will never deny burgess meredith's penguin uh but but this he was this <laughs> this this balances all of that stuff to make to make a character who is again the most comic accurate penguin that we have seen is he a, a monster no he doesn't eat a, a, a raw fish. well he's not he's he's not a a like a creature but he's, he's certainly not, a monster yeah, he's not a he's not a deformed sewer living thing that eats raw fish they actually <laughs> kind of give him a little bit of uh, the gotham 
series did that a lot. Now, the Gotham series also made him a lot more cartoonish as well, but it, it was crime boss Penguin. And but I also like love how like he plays him with this kind of like Boston bravado. Yeah. And I, I love I love it's like, look at you, sweetheart. Like the first yeah. time he sees Batman is is such a cool, cool sequence. And and, and just and and the, there's history that we don't know about this character that is so fun. Like all of the 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 muckety mucks in Gotham City are going to his iceberg lounge and like the lounge is like it's not the classy, uh, you know, nightclub that we see in like the animated uh, it's series. Not, yeah, it's it's certainly not the the iceberg uh, lounge that we see. Yeah, in the comics a lot. Although there's, there is there's, a VIP not, section. There's not that, an ice sculpture <laughs> and like well, ice skating that. and things like that. But there is like a kind of an inner sanctum, like the what they call the real iceberg lounge. Uh, I think they call it something else. But uh, it's it's yeah, they call it a specific floor. I can't remember uh, what it is, but it's um, it's not, I wouldn't say it's the classier part because a lot of uh, stuff happens. Uh, what's the, the that drug that they made it for this movie? Drops. Uh, they're they're drops. droppers or something like Everybody that. Drops, 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 drops. Um, they do such a good job of like showing. Oh, but this is where the the quote unquote classy people go. All All of the corrupt politicians all of these people who have a lot of money and influence, this is where they hang their hat and other things. <laughs> and, and just, and, and this is where they are allowed to just be the most honest versions of themselves. And, yeah. Absolute and, hedonists. And, and, and explaining all of their dark secrets to, to the, the people that work <laughs> that, down there. That, that, that is an element that like, I get that you're drunk and you're probably on drugs, but like everyone seems to just tell everyone's plans but but again <laughs> this that, place. that that honestly i feel like is pretty realistic like in a place like that where they have lived without any recourse that's, to their that's actions a, that's a for good point. so yeah. long yeah they are yeah, in the most protected place possible the last time that anybody spilt a secret in that room the person that got the secret spilt to ended up dead like we which is the whole crux of the catwoman plot in this in this movie like that's very true he went he was did not have any problem but also i have to talk about this and again we're we're missing we're missing story points and we're just we're talking about just random spoilers and things like that and stuff i thought that worked really well this movie one of the er earlier parts of this movie is batman sneaking into the club and or not sneaking in, beating his way into the club and starting a huge fight as he did so. And this I movie, actually I kind of say, though, him showing up as Bruce Wayne initially was pretty great. Well, that's what I'm saying. In the end, he goes into the club to get into the, the, the VIP section and he opens the door as Bruce Wayne instead of as Batman. And they just let that dude on through because everybody knows Bruce Wayne is one of the richest people in town. He's a true son of Gotham. Of course, he's finally joining the club and doing all of this stuff. It makes perfect sense why he would be there because everybody comes to this club. It was it was such a wonderful moment. And this is where I think the this is this is part of of Batman's sort of unspoken growth in this movie and something that is that that honestly like it's it's not subtle. But it's way more subtle than it's ever been done before. We start this movie as Batman 
is Bruce Wayne not really recognizing who he is. He is not sleeping. He does not want to talk to like Alfred springs on him that there are people coming to to the house to to talk to him about stuff because, well, I can't I can't I, they're only here because you wouldn't go there, that sort of thing. And throughout the course of this movie. Bruce has to deal with more and more of his own personal stuff as Bruce Wayne and realizes that Bruce Wayne is still a factor in his life. And you see that periodically through the movie. One of the very first things that happens is, of course, the mayor is killed in the opening moments of the movie. And as after Batman has, has investigated this crime scene, as he walks away, he looks over and sees the, the mayor's young son. And they just kind of hang on that moment between the two of them making eye contact. And young, young Jason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, kid, that kid's gonna be an angry kid like they kept i kept waiting for him to be like you know it's okay robin what yeah. that's not my name shh, shh. okay robin <laughs> <laughs> and then then you see bruce bruce goes to the mayor's funeral as himself not as batman which is which is a, a whole other thing and he sees them and makes kind of like and 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 he saves the kid's life as Bruce Wayne, not as Batman. And that's such a huge thing. And, and then we find out the, the, the background of, of the murder of Thomas and Martha Wayne, which I don't no, really... no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Drew, I got to soak this in. Is there a crime act alley sequence in this movie? I mean, look, it's not in the theatrical cut. Is there cut. a crime alley sequence in this movie? It's not in the theatrical cut. Do we see the pearls fall? It's not in theatrical cut. <laughs> no, we do not. Which automatically makes this the best Batman film ever made. Matt Reeves. Um, Matt, I, 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 I 100%. If Matt Reeves wants to deny that this happened, he can come on our show and talk about it. The, you heard me right, Matt Reeves. I know you filmed one. I know you filmed one. I know you keep it on a flash drive that you carry with you at all times. <laughs> hung around your neck so it can be as close to your heart as possible. I know you made one. You just didn't put in a theatrical cut because you knew that people like Miles would criticize it. I respect that choice, but I know you made, I know you filmed it. I know you so, filmed some, it. Some background. Um, I am over and done with the crime alley sequence in any fiction at this point in time. Drew is still a big, big fan of it. I think and it provides, I think it provides a more specific context for this take on the character. I, yes, I disagree. I've seen it a hundred times too, but it's always different in subtle ways that, that I mean, in ways that do not matter. They're not um, all, will you dance the devil in the pale moonlight? See you around good. <laughs> anyway. Um, but no, but I love, well, again, I think this, and I'm, I'm not even being joking now. I love they didn't do that because this is year two Batman. This is a Batman that is doing something else. And what I love that this movie does and that it indicts Bruce for is had Bruce been more involved with his family's legacy and his family's money, none of this movie would have happened. Yeah. This this everything that happens and he realizes everything that happens in this movie is a consequence of him neglecting his father's legacy. Which is such a huge part of this movie. And, and to the point where you see him reflecting on that when we find out why Thomas and Martha Wayne were murdered. And I, I don't love when this happens. I think it works in this movie much like I don't love when the Riddler is just like a faceless serial killer. I don't love it when Thomas and Martha Wayne get involved with the criminal element of Gotham City in a notable way. It just feels 
I don't know. Obvious. Is that a weird thing to say? Like it's, it's, well, it's so my, my thing is, and I, I if you, if you have uh, access to the cosmic crit discord, you have seen Drew and I talk about this. My, my take is that Thomas Wayne was extremely naive. And Which even though they... it seems like, it seems like he should have known better when he comes to Carmine Falcone. Is it Carmine Falcone that comes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and says something about this reporter who's digging up dirt on his wife who had been uh suffering some some mental illness you mean hush's dad <laughs> potentially i mean they do kind of set that up like <laughs> hush and the, the, we'll, we'll get into fan theories later but when um because that, that's 100 percent what they're tying into i think he does that purely just to kind of like oh, i don't think that he truly believes that he would have somebody killed. And does that make Thomas Wayne not socially bright? Yes, but I think he was I think he was that idealistic and naive and that that quality is what got him killed. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's really the thing. And and it wasn't that they were do they were involved in the dirty dealings of Gotham City. It's that he chose to trust someone that he should not have trusted, which I still Correct. do think which that it's Alfred brings up too. Which he does. Alfred explains this whole thing. I still think that is a little too naive for for uh, brilliant surgeon and philanthropist. For, for someone who's, who has who, someone who can navigate to having a billion dollars, I I don't disagree. But yeah. we've also seen dumb tweets that billionaires make. So I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, but uh, but to, to, to I didn't name names. I'm just saying. Yeah. To to see, I I tweet about weird stuff all the time, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm the one. I'm getting called out. Uh, if you're a billionaire and you're not paying me to be on this show, I'm gonna be super pissed. How you do it because you love it. You trusted the wrong person, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I actually, you know, what's so funny is my knee jerk reaction was similar to yours, Drew. Is I didn't love the decision, but thinking about. Thomas Wayne being naive instead of, you know, having a dark secret. You know, this wasn't Xavier's original sin nonsense. Like, this is someone who, perhaps in a moment of weakness, yes, trust the wrong person or said the wrong thing to the wrong person because he took for granted who he was hanging out with. And that got both him and his wife killed. And I, there has been much speculation on the the death of Thomas and Martha Wayne and what movie they went to see. Um, if, if Bruce Wayne is, is 30, it's, it's possible. They took him to see Shrek. <laughs> you gotta... <laughs> Thomas and Martha Wayne were killed in the alley behind Shrek. I, I some we talked about <laughs> some bodies in the alley. <laughs> Pearls along the sidewalk. <laughs> Oh, oh man we talked about that offline but it was hearing it was hearing the 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 song in my head as it happened that was just too <laughs> funny all right um but i do want to because we haven't talked about andy circus as alfred he does a fine job as alfred he's just in like three scenes i really could have used more alfred in this movie uh because a whole point of this movie is that bruce even says like you're not my father and you know all of these things that they're trying they 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 don't land the alfred is really bruce's 
father figure Parent. Pl- plane. They, they hint at it, but and they they really strongly hint at it when Alfred ends up in the hospital as a victim of a Riddler trap set for Bruce, uh, which also sets up a great uh, Chekhov's gun that goes off towards the end of the film. And I you mean a Chekhov series of vans? Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I liked the moment where like when Bruce realizes that he might lose Alfred when he realizes the clue too late. He is out of sorts because it's finally coming. He's finally kind of getting over himself, realizing this is my one last tie. Yeah. To my parents, to their legacy, to any sort of family I could possibly have. And all I mean, and that's the that's the cool thing is like, yes, it's absolutely fun to to see an emo Batman because it's 2020 and it's our God given right. But I also like seeing him like parse through that and, and recognizing what he does have. And. I agree with you, Drew, that we we should have had a few more Alfred scenes especially towards the end, but him just kind of coming into his own. But the movie's already three hours. Yeah. And um, maybe HBO Max can make that mini series. <laughs> yeah, well, they're about to. So yeah, I do. No so we're getting we're getting pretty long in this episode. I do want to talk about the ending of this movie and my reaction to it. So because I think that this that there is an extremely cool scene the Riddler has been captured. He has been taken mm-hmm. to Arkham Asylum. They are inside uh, the Riddler's apartment and trying to figure out why he did it. And then uh, Batman goes to see the Riddler at Arkham. And he goes to see him because he sees all these ev- all this evidence that the Riddler knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. He knows. The game is up. The Riddler is too smart to 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 not have figured this out. This could be the last thing he does. And that whole scene plays out. And I, I watched it because I was like, oh, does he know or does he not know? This is going to be great because the they, way the way they play that out is so. And, and these both script, actors put just oh, it's so it's it, this this scene had to be done to perfection to work. And it was the script in that scene is so well plotted it works so well i love it i love the the reactions between the two characters when we oh i'm I'm not even going to talk too much about it but we learn that oh no we could have watched it together watch what there is another piece of the riddler puzzle that batman has missed oh no what is it gonna be and so he goes back and the just the standard beat cop helps him figure it out which is which is awesome but at this point we know now what the plot is there are bombs all over the city they're going to blow up the seawall and at this point it's been a while that i've been watching this movie i'm i'm not upset about the amount of time it's taken because i'm really enjoying the time and i look at my watch and there's still about half an hour left of this movie and i'm like half an hour what are they going to squeeze in here? Uh, the, the Batman doesn't stop the bombs. The bombs go off. The Gotham seawall is, is crushed. Gotham city is flooding. It's a no man's land situation, which yep. is great. Yep. And 
get, leave it to the the Gotham uh, powers that be. What are you going to do? You're going to you're going to going to gather as many people as you possibly can into the one structure that is also somehow even lower sea level. I don't know. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and it is at this point that I am just wondering what is why are we doing this what is going on what is happening we found out that the riddler has has tasked a bunch of his social media followers to dress like him and start shooting up the place and killing the mayor and all of this stuff and and it's just like i i you know i i i i guess i see why this matters i guess i see why this is a big deal i you know it's a cool action sequence but i'm not super on board with this until after all of the Riddler goons are down. And Batman is like, he's had to inject himself with some sort of neon green substance that I'm assuming is not venom and is just like adrenaline or something. I, I assumed it was some <laughs> sort of adrenaline cocktail as well. <laughs> but the fact that it was bright green is like, he got venom. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, venom is the stuff that Bane injects into himself to give him super muscles. Um, Just, you know. And something that Batman was addicted to prior to meeting Bane. So there you go. Anyway, was he addicted to it prior to meeting Bane? I thought he got it. I thought he got it on it to, to, to fix his back. That's actually a great question. You know what? It's a great um, question. It does not matter. We'll have that conversation offline. But but so here we yes, are this is the first appearance of venom what is batman venom the uh the story that i was talking about it's it's the first appearance of the substance and it's pre-bane yeah uh okay. 1991 okay cool uh so anyway so the uh, at the at the at the end point here batman is nearly unconscious he's broken down he's beaten he's had to inject himself with a stimulant to keep fighting to save selena from being killed by one of these dudes and water is rushing into the to the to the stadium that they're in smart move uh gotham <laughs> gotham uh, administration smart move but a a because of the the damage for all the this gunfire this big gigantic like uh, AV arm that has a bunch of lights and neon signs and stuff on it has fallen and has this big sparking cord that is swinging over the water where where Batman can see all of these people down there and and and, and that are that are that are could get electrocuted if this happens and in an instant he jumps down grabs on for some reason cuts above where he is and not below where he is i don't exactly know why he did that but he did that uh saving the day as he hits the water before with a gasp of is he okay of course batman rises up out of the water lights a flare from his like wrist gauntlet thing finds a bunch of people that are trapped in this rubble including the injured mayor who's been shot and including the old mayor's the son, bringing it back, bookending it. Loved that moment. And it was in well, that. I also love well, it the was, trepidation. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me finish. Okay, let me yeah. finish. And it was in that moment, as you see Batman holding this in this darkened stadium, this darkened basketball arena, holding a flare above the water, leading this group of people out into safety. And I realized in that moment, 
that's what this scene is for. That is Mm -hmm. to show this moment where Batman realizes he can't just be the guy that beats up bad guys. He's got to be something more. And then, of course, we have a a voiceover dialogue that confirms that exact thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also love the scene uh, that you're talking about because the uh, incumbent, not incumbent, but the, the new the new mayor is throughout the movie kind of railing on the the former mayor because of his leniency on masked vigilante and and it's like you know we need to cut this down that we gotham needs to be led by gothamites and we don't know who this person is and you see when he reaches his hand down there she's she's still not on board until she kind of sees what he's done and accepts him now, she may, you know, may not keep that decision for long, but the fact that she still takes his hand at, at, for aid is awesome. Yeah. And, and, and that whole scene and, and as you see sort of the epilogue of the movie where, you know, Gotham is flooded, but you see this, you see Batman just like caked in like mud and dirt and just wet. Like he's been and doing it for like four days straight. Like he's been just going, going hard and saving people. And you see this. Their their helicopter, the National Guard has moved in and their helicopter evacuating people. And this one woman doesn't want Batman to leave because she feels safe around him. And he's like, it's going to be like he doesn't say it. He just says, you know, just kind of motions that it's going to be OK. And and I look at that scene and I think about the scene at the beginning. Yep, of, I was literally going to bring that up of Batman v Superman where you see. Oh, never mind. Oh. Uh, I'm thinking about the the scene at the beginning of Batman CV Superman, which is one of the most effective scenes in that movie where Bruce Wayne is racing in to save all of his people that work in Wayne tower as two Kryptonians are blowing things up. And I look at that and I think, man, this scene in this movie is a better representation of what Batman needs to be than that is. Oh, well, that's because Zack Snyder doesn't understand these characters at all. So that's, yeah. you know, uh, and, and, and um, that, I'm sorry, what what scene were you? Uh, so I thought this book ended perfectly signifying the growth of Bruce and what Batman means to the very beginning of this movie when he's the great scene we were talking about of his first intro beating up these bad guys. The guy he saves is like, please don't hurt me. Yeah, he thinks yeah. he's just going to be hurt more by this crazy guy in a bat suit, whereas at the very end of the film, the the these the civilian is like i please don't leave me it's a great bookend is this movie perfect no no is this damn close (laughs) excellent (laughs) yes it very much is i i cannot wait to see more of this character this version of the character i'm i'm so excited about it i listen uh again Matt Reeves, I've called you out about the pearls in the alley scene that I know you have. I know you shot it. You cast both a Thomas and a Martha Wayne uh, and a young Bruce. You shot that scene, bro. And I want to see it. Uh, But that's okay. If you want to come on this show and publicly deny that you that you did it, that's fine. 
you're welcome to do that. I Just welcome accept you it. onto the accept it, buddy. Uh, Director it. Reeves, uh, I I one congratulations on a fantastic film, a fantastic Batman film, maybe the best it, Batman it film is, that's been made so far. It, it is certainly the best live action. Live action, Batman yeah, because Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, Mask of the Phantasm <laughs> is still untouchable to me. <laughs> um, of course, but but, but uh, yeah, I think I think this might be my favorite live action Batman film. Is it the most accessible? Is it the easiest to put on when you're just wanting something to watch? No, but. Is it to me objectively the best Batman film? Probably. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, but again, uh, Mr. Reeves, Matt Reeves, Matt, if we could be on a first name basis, my name is Drew. Um, I have a distinct challenge for you, sir. It does not have Make to be Cloverfield two first. It does not have to be in the second film, maybe post credit sequence. But I would really love for this Batman to go to the circus. I mean, the thing is, Pattinson wants a Robin, Like he wants to do a Robin thing. Like, I, I although like, I think he wants to, he wants a Robin just to kill. Him. <laughs> he wants to do Death of the Family, which I desperately do not, because as you alluded before. They they clearly indicate, OK, this hints on what. What Hush has dealt with, what Court of Owls has clearly dealt with, with the fact that hey, Martha had some mental health issues, and especially in the Court of Owls, she might have had a different child. Yeah, although I don't believe, uh, I don't believe Lincoln March, but... Uh, you don't have to believe Lincoln March, but at the same time, it does, it does tie in with the Court of Owls, and if we get this Batman going up against... Court of Owls, which I would say for the third movie, let him be established. You, you let him to, be like, the symbol. The Court of Owls, like the reason the Court of Owls story in the comics works so well is because it's a Batman that has been established for a long time. For no, this no, 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 no. Five years. Remember, New 52, everyone had been around for five years. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So the second Batman film can be something else with some hints. And then the third one could technically be year five. I also think in, in the second one, you introduce Dick Grayson and you cover that, but he doesn't become Robin until the third movie. I'm fine. I would love to see someone actively give a legitimate take on Robin. Um, I would like to see a Robin that's under 32 years old, but that's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, Titans aside. Yes, Titans I aside, agree. Yeah. You know, I would love to see, you know, there are so many capable martial artists and young actors now that you could easily do a cool Robin. And I would love to see it. Uh, so that, I think, is going to bring us to the end of this. I, it, it cannot be stated that how excited I am for for where this is going. We are getting three HBO Max spinoffs of this movie. We had wild. The, we had the already announced Gotham PD show, which was going to be set during year one of of the Batman being in Gotham City. And then in the last couple of weeks, they have announced a Penguin spinoff starring uh, Colin, uh, uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin in the show, uh, likely dealing with the ramifications of what happens in this movie. And also an Arkham show, an Arkham Asylum show, which I hope is not based on uh, unseen Arkham prisoner, because I think it's a little too early for that. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm 
we'll see. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm willing to trust whatever they want to do. But I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. I'm, I'm way, I'm way into this. I thought Gotham city looked awesome in this when, Oh, oh we haven't even talked about the other main character, of this movie miles. The car. We haven't when, talked about the car at all. When the Batmobile, like you see the Batmobile a little bit when they when the Batmobile's in the background and it just cuts on. I smiled so big. It's such a cool Batmobile. It, it's I, I love it just being kind of a an an upgraded hot rod. Like I love that. I've this, always loved when they just do a hot rod, not some super futuristic. Sorry, Grant Morrison. Uh, Batmobile like I love a traditional just souped up car real talk of any of the Batmobiles we've seen on screen this might be my second favorite yeah I I would go there I mean after the Burton the Burton Batmobile is the best Batmobile of all time yeah the 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 Lincoln Futura concept uh, 60s Batmobile is also really cool but it's it's very cool it's in a, but... it's in a different class yeah, it's I, its own I thing. I don't count it. I'm I'm talking only movie Batmobiles. <laughs> but watching that thing just kind of just leap out of this fireball caused by an exploding <sighs> tanker, and oh, it's it's so cool. It's the, the, so that car cool. sequence. We have not gone to the car sequence. The car sequence is excellent. A it's great so, chase it's scene. So good. It's so good. Oh man, I cannot wait. I mean. It's 2022. I know it's going to be like two more years at least before we get another at, one of these movies. At, at least. But I feel like Matt Reeves and the Matt Reeves and Peter Craig, y'all outdid yourselves in terms of writing direct this, this film. I think the cinematographers absolutely de- uh, deserve a, a round of applause because this Gotham was just, I think, the best Gotham on screen. Oh, like yeah. Burton's Gotham is very much the TAS kind of Gotham, but like, as far as a modern Gotham, this was it worked, Gotham. It worked so well. Worked and then, so well. Um, is it is it Michael Giacchino? I think is his name. Yeah, Michael Giacchino, who is. Uh, I mean, the score is just gorgeous. I mean, th- this this dude has he's done a lot of scores <laughs> in the past. He scored The Incredibles, Ratatouille, Up, Super Eight. Speed Racer, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Zootopia, Rogue One. He was the first uh, non, uh, <laughs> non John Williams, John Williams uh, 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 score creator. He's done Jurassic World. He's doing Thor Love and Thunder. I want to say he also did uh, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. Um, he's like this. This this guy is working. Uh, and has yes. been for a long time. Golly, he's done a lot of work. Yeah, uh, he's he's he done a lot Cloverfield. of work. <laughs> well, because Matt Reeves directed Cloverfield. Oh, yeah, I always think of that as a J.J. Abrams movie. He just produced. Yeah, it, oh, I mean, it, I mean, J.J. Abrams was um, certainly directly involved with creating it and it was done for Bad Robot. But yeah, that that was Matt Reeves directed that movie. That's why I made the Cloverfield 2 joke a, a few minutes ago is because Matt Reeves is the actual director of that movie. But but Giacchino is also involved in the MCU. He did uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. He did Doctor Strange. Uh, he he's far yeah, from home. I mean, just like like he's he's got a lot of great credits under his belt, and this score is top notch. I 
I've listened to it several times since uh, <laughs> since this movie came out. And I mean, and just everything make, about make, make fun of the fact that this movie was partially <laughs> inspired by Nirvana songs. But boy, does that song not work in this movie? <laughs> oh, the, the song is fantastic. I mean, you all because they used a cover for the most of it, they you they do such a good job of making it part of the score that it doesn't disrupt it. You don't you don't think of it as a Nirvana song. You think of it as a piece of music in this film. And I think that's so cool. 100%. Um, and I, I just absolutely adore this movie. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I think Robert Pattinson did a bang. I think everyone involved acting wise did a bang up job. Every oh, single yeah. person, Paul Dano as the Riddler was perfectly unhinged. Zoe Kravitz was everything yeah. uh, Selena Kyle Paul, Paul needs Dano, to be. Paul Dano as the Riddler was perfectly unhinged. And then he took the mask off and had a very different like look and feel to him that felt way more like the classic Riddler, but also way more like son of sam and zodiac Terrifying. killer and like yeah those weird and we, we didn't even get to get to talk about uh john turturro as carmine falcone oh, but he was man, also john, excellent I forgot john turturro was in this movie and they showed up on screen it's like oh snap a carmine falcone's in this movie <laughs> i actually i t- i turned to uh to krista because i was like you know what would be awesome if they'd had the extra money to hire adam sandler like Adam Sandler, like uncut gems. Adam Sandler is oh, mirrors his performance. It's the same performance. Uh, that could be good. You know, John Turturro's son is uh, a DC Comics editor. And see, really? Yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently he turned to his son, uh, Amadeo, uh, to to get uh, to get uh, like tips on his like how he should carry himself as a Carmine Falcone. That's, that's fantastic. I love it. Um, yeah. And I actually, I was, uh, and this will, will end in just a minute, but I was, I was reading uh, or listening to an interview with Colin Farrell, about, uh, asking about the penguin because, you know, they say, you know, so many actors want to have their face on there. You know, did you find it restricting? And he goes, to be perfectly honest, I thought, you know, this is going to be an experiment for me. I'm probably not going to like it because of all the makeup. He goes, Yes, the four hour makeup yeah, was a lot and they got it down to two hours at one point. But he goes, I'm not going to lie. I actually felt the most free I've ever felt acting because I felt like I could just be wild. Yeah. And oh. he just puts in such a phenomenal performance. I know this has been very stream of conscious and we've been all over the place. But this movie is I mean, we both have been talking about wanting a detective Batman movie through the duration of most of this podcast. And yes, this does it give us the perfect detective Batman movie. Absolutely not. But, but it gives us a detective Batman movie. (laughs) It swings. It swings big. Does it hit a home run? No, but it hits a triple and that's close enough. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe in the park, in the park. Yeah. (laughs) In the park home run. But yeah, this, this movie is absolutely, I mean, if you like the Batman character, you're going to like this movie and I get it because a lot of I've seen a lot of people grumble about oh, it's another dark Batman movie. Yes, I I understand. And no, that's not the only reading on the character that you could have. And yes, I would be perfectly happy if they did something like Batman Brave and the Bold at the same time. Wouldn't would not bat an eyelid. In fact, I would love it. Absolutely love that. Make but, that make that the make a campy CW Batman TV show where it is like intentionally goofy like legends of tomorrow 
but Batman, I'm into oh, I wish, that. I wish, I wish into they that. had. <laughs> Actually, I need to write this pitch down. Oh, I'll pitch this. Yeah, I mean, they've seen how successful Harley Quinn, the animated show, is because it's hilarious, and they do that to <laughs> Batman. Harley, Harley Quinn featuring Diedrich Bader back as Batman, the Brave and the Bold Batman back again. <laughs> Just give us more Brave and the Bold. Like, the Scooby movie was hilarious. Like, let's do more of that. Like, uh, I would love more. I mean, because that's the thing is everyone's like, oh, everyone wants dark Batman. Yeah, I do. But I also love bright batman i love the bright knight i the brave of the bold is fantastic and anybody who disagrees is incorrect <laughs> yeah i'm a big fan of, of the show i mean i don't love the same episodes that you do but it's it's fantastic I, absolutely I, I love that show i've seen i've seen that show okay i need to shut up about batman or we'll be here all night um We've talked about what the Batman is doing next with all the spinoffs. Let's talk about what we're doing next week on The Moria Nerd. Yes, we were supposed to talk about video games all month. And no, we just spent the last hour talking about the Batman and the Catwoman and the Penguin and all of the other characters that have definitive articles in front of their names. Um, but next week, Miles and I are going to be returning to the concept of video games, to the topic as we in introduce another Maka, we are making a Mario spinoff game. <gasps> it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. I've got a pretty good idea cooked up, I think. And I know Miles will have a fun one, too. So I hope so. <laughs> this, I was, <laughs> I'm a little nervous about it. Hey, you know what? We could just talk about mine because mine is pretty good. Uh, so that is next week. If you would like to uh, share your own take on a Mario spinoff game, we'd love to hear it. You can reach out to us uh, at our website, themorionerd.com. You can tweet to us at themorionerd. You can email us, or excuse me, you can go to facebook.com slash themorionerd, and you can email us themorionerd at gmail.com. That's themorionerd at gmail.com. So in the meantime, we end this show as we always do, Miles, with a rousing Nerd. Nerd. Out. Out. Old chum.